Happy Friday, theater lovers. Today's guest is Adam Forrestall, and we talk all things cabarets, including how a solid spreadsheet is integral to a cabaret's success and how they are able to pull off these cabarets in such short time frames. And even though Adam is a music man extraordinaire, capable of singing, emceeing, and keyboarding simultaneously, he is very modest and quick to speak to the talents of others. Okay, on with the show. So welcome, Adam Forrestal, to Sarnia Famous. Thank you Hi. so much for making time for me today. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. So um, congratulations on becoming a dad. That's oh, such a, a wonderful adventure you guys have lined up. And I'm, I'm super excited to see with all these couples that are deeply involved in the theater, how they're going to get their kids involved. It'll be interesting to see how, or if the kids will be like, ain't, ain't going to happen. No theater for me. Well, that's, uh, no, we're, we're, we're counting on it. I mean, I, people want their kids to get into athletics or to, I don't know, do whatever. And I don't know, for us, it's going to be, no, you can't go outside and play baseball until you practice your piano. It's, it's going to be the, the no, we got to, the arts are too important to both of us. I think, I think gonna, we're going to, we're going to force it into them no matter what. It's going to be in, in the genetics, I'm sure, even if, yeah. even if it's resisted for a little while. So how are you, how are you doing that so far, even though he's a little, little? He's, uh, yeah, but you know, he, he's... I don't, know, I, I don't know, I was going to say, he's already into some stuff. I have no idea what he's into. He's one. <laughs> he seems to like it when we play music, which we're taking as a good sign. He, he can already mostly find a beat. He'll kind of bop his hand or his head along to something that's playing. We're taking that as a good sign. You know, he never he never hears the same thing twice. Both Catherine and my musical history and taste are so diverse that, you know, it, it might be musical theater one day, but it might be classical the next, and popular the next day. And, and I don't even know if he, he knows any traditional you know, baby music artists yet. I'm not sure he's actually ever heard Rappy, but, but he, he's, he's hearing a lot of music and we're trying to get him into, you know, at, at least listen to stuff. Um, I don't know if it's on purpose or if it's just we listen to stuff, so he has to listen to stuff, but, but it's happening. Is there any music that you're like, yep, definitely got to get my kid listening to this, this is top on my list, or is it just kind of organic? What you want to listen to, he listens to. I think it's more organic. I think whatever we kind of throw on... He, he, he's going to get exposed to one way or the other. And everything I just described, I think he's hearing because our tastes change that way. You know, I, I haven't heard Dvorak in a while. Let's throw on New World Symphony. Or I haven't heard Garage and the Hammerstein in a while. Where's Cinderella at? We bounce back and forth. Tomorrow it's Mumford and & Sons, and, and next week it's... Uh, maybe we'll put Christmas music back on. We, we, we tend to like Christmas music. So I... I yeah, it could be could be anything, I, I, but I think I think he just he's gonna get exposed to what we get exposed to. I, I don't have a, a musical education lined up for him. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have quite a curriculum in mind. I think I remember your absolutely lovely wife telling me about. I think it was something to do with notes that he picks, and then you would try to make a song based around that. Yeah, so so he likes the piano. He can't play the piano. He, he likes the idea that you push something and the sound goes, and yay. And so uh, when, he's, when he's standing trying to play the piano, he can reach all the white keys. But when he's sitting on one of our laps at the piano, he's just hammering everything, right? He just he, he just throws his hands down and whatever he hits is what he hits. There are two or three keys that you can play a song in on the piano, and as long as he's only hitting the black keys, every note he hits will it'll fit. So you, you can play whatever pattern you want in a couple of keys. And as long as he's only hitting the black keys, which is most of what he hits when he's slamming his fist down over over the keyboard, because they're they're taller, right? So they're the oh, ones yeah. you hit first. Um, as long as you only play black keys, you can play whatever you want and it'll fit. So that's that's most of what I do. If if he's on my lap and we're sitting at the piano and he just wants to crush things, um, I'll make sure I'm playing something in a key that sort of fits. And every once in a while, his hand slips and he'll, he'll, he'll knock some white keys. But as long as he kind of does his smashy smash, 
I can I can know that I'm, I'm playing something that that, that you just play play along with. That kind of goes along with it. I thought that was yeah. super cool. Kind of a nice way to get him involved. And then you just mentioned Christmas music, and I wrote it down because I was so excited about this. I didn't want to forget. I was delighted when I saw the video posted for uh, the Christmas uh, music extravaganza at the theater. Forgive me, I can't think yeah. the name of it. But you guys did a cover of Snow, oh, mm -hmm. which I love. It's one of my favorite, favorites. Um, White Christmas, I absolutely adore it. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to the show. I was in Alberta. But um, yeah, I wanted to pick your brain about that whole experience. Sure. What, what can I tell you? What was it like? What, how does... I, it, it was nice to be back. I yeah. mean, nothing else. It was it was remarkable just to get back on, on stage and do something again. I, I had the chance to... Uh, I, I music directed the summer series for the theater, all of their shows over the summer, and, and it was great to work with people again, but it, it was, uh, you know, we, we'd throw the show on and, and I'd be like, oh, but I like performing too. What about I, me? Can, can I sing? Can I? Oops, that's sick. Um, so when the chance to do a Christmas show came along, that was a chance to get back on stage for, for something. It was uh, it wasn't what I expected. They really took it and made it a, a, a huge, big, full show project. Here I was thinking it was going to be a, a sort of cabaret style uh, variety show type thing, and it, it really really grew and became something a lot more typical kind of closer to a, a book show. It ended up being huge. They had scenes and, and scripts and all kinds of stuff. It was great. It was great to just be back on stage and, and, and working with people again. Snow was a, an absolute dream team. You know, Shane Davis is one of my favorite people on earth. Orly is just absolutely brilliant, and I haven't had a chance to perform with her properly in, in years. Um, and I'd never met Amy before, but man, is she talented. And so the, the, the four of us had a great time putting out together in particular. And, and any chance I get to work with, with Frank Brennan, just makes me super happy. So no, we had a we had a great time putting that show together. And full credit to, to Holly uh, for directing and, and putting the scenes together and, and making it as much fun as it was. So no, we had a we had a good time. It sounded like it would be a lot of fun to get involved. I I love Christmas in general. I'm a big dork for Christmas stuff. So uh, and, and we do too. I mean, Cat and I love love Christmas. And, and I very rarely would would go out for a Christmas show just because of timing. Um, as much as I love Christmas, Christmas is chaos. Mm. And so. Uh, you know, when, when Christmas shows happen and, and the theater wants to run them as close to Christmas as possible and you do a run of a show that ends on the 23rd, it's just no no, no chance. I, I, can't, I can't sign up for that. That's insane. But, you know, something that runs on the 14th or whatever it was, that's great. Let's do it. So no, it, was, uh, it was well planned. We put together in seven weeks. So the commitment wasn't wasn't too good, which is which is with Baby at Home, trying not to do, you know, a 16-week run of a show. It's great. It was a, it was a good time. So what's coming coming up next for you, do you think? I know the world is kind of taking a step back again. I mean, that doesn't mean we can't hope and dream for the next big theater thing. Well, we have plans. We have stuff we want to do. I, I In a perfect world, the next time I'm on stage or involved in something, it's, it's one of our cabaret shows. Mm -hmm. Because we haven't done one since November of 2019. Oh, wow. And we like doing them. And I think the people we bring in like doing them and and we get really positive feedback from the community when they come and see them so you know it's something we miss we have a huge amount of talent in sarnia it's insane what the talent pool is for a, a city this small with only you know with limited theater groups in town I, I people only get so many chances to be on stage and that's that's no one's fault you know theater sarnia can only do so much you can't do 40 shows a year you can you, you do six shows a year six shows a year is a very reasonable number of shows to do you know but if you're in a category of people where you know, they announce a season and, and, oh, I'm not interested in one of those six. Better luck next year. So the, the smaller shows are, 
hope we're not. I hope no one at the theater feels like we're stepping on anyone's toes. It's just to get people on stage and doing stuff and 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 getting people a chance to sing where where you know they, they don't have to wait for next year's shows. And and we were able to do six of them in two years before pandemic hit uh, across six shows we probably had i actually don't know the number but probably 55 or 60 performers and we have fun doing them so we would we would like to get back into doing our own shows maybe in the summer we can organize to get them together certainly everything's shut down again so there's there's nothing happening right now but yeah that's that's the one we miss the ones that were able to come up with the set list get people involved get people on stage and and do something i don't know weird and different and silly they're a hoot. I've been to a couple of them and had an absolute blast. And obviously, I can't speak for the theater. I'm not with this podcast directly affiliated with the theater, so I can't speak for them. But I can't imagine, as someone who, who enjoys being in the theater, but also enjoys going to the theater, I think any kind of a show generates interest to the people who are in them. And right. so if you see someone you liked at a cabaret, you might go and see someone that you like at the, the theater as well. It's still... It's still Sarnia talent that's being utilized. Right. And, you know, we never we never wanted to get in anyone's way or, or, or make anyone angry or anything. We just thought we had a way of, of getting people on stage and, and showing off a little what they could do and letting them do it. I guess I can kind of relate to you in that sense because that's what I'm trying to do as well, right? Just right. give people that, are, that enjoy theater stuff a little, another opportunity. But yeah, I remember uh, your, your lovely, lovely wife, who, by the way, has the most soothing voice <laughs> I've ever heard. I imagine your child must sleep like a dream. Um, but I remember her mentioning that you guys use a spreadsheet for, for the themes, which I thought was awesome. We have a, a very involved, constantly expanding spreadsheet um, of themes and requests. And we got a bunch of people involved in these shows. And one of the things you sort of expect is, is you know, we like we don't we don't usually just put people in one. If, if, if you're in our kind of talent pool and we think we have something appropriate for you, we're, we're going to call you. Um, and so we end up working with, we, we try and get a couple of performers who have never worked with us before in each show, but also we call people, you know, to come back and work with us repeat times because we like, I think, everyone we've ever included. And invariably, when people kind of realize, oh, I'm, I'm probably going to be coming back for more, they start sending us, you know, little like, uh, if I ever get the chance to perform this, can I perform, if I ever get the chance to perform this, can I perform and I was expecting that, you know, once people come back twice, three times, maybe they start getting, a lot of people don't have ideas of what they want to do at the start. And then a couple of times in they go, oh, you know, it'd be good for me. I really want to try. What I wasn't expecting was that people started doing that for other people. Oh. I would really like to hear so-and-so oh. do whatever. I think this would be a great song for that person. I, and and so the, the, the spreadsheet isn't just requests that people have made for themselves. It's also, hey, person X, thought person Y would be great at whatever. And if that fits into a theme and if we agree, you know, it, it shows up on a list. We, I was going to say we pride ourselves, but I'm, I'm like a quarter of it. Catherine is really good at finding weird things that there's no reason that this person should ever sing this song. But then we do it and it's really, really magic. And we, we, we try to find stuff for people that is, is weird for them. But it's just amazing how many people have come forward with stuff that, oh, okay, you, you want them to go sing that. Anyways, I wasn't expecting that as part of that process. That was a surprise when you said that just now. I was thinking, though, that giving people such a different opportunity to try new things. Uh, I remember there was some some gender bending and stuff like yep. that. Um, I think that that has probably got something to do with the, the reason why people are thinking outside of the box and getting excited. And once you've encouraged that level of creativity or, you know, just trying something new, right. that would open up a whole new world for them. 
right. interesting about the, the how flattering if someone else were to say, hey, I want to hear you sing da-da-da. And I don't know if, if people are contacting the other people. Like, I don't know if, mm. if someone's calling up before going, I'm going to recommend that you do this. But they're telling us. Um, and so it, it is creating this this ever-expanding spreadsheet of, of ideas and, and which people might work for what ideas and which songs go with what ideas. And do we have someone for that song in mind already? And how do we... It's it's just what started out as literally a list of themes. We, we were like, well, what kind of themes work for camera? What literally started as one column in one spreadsheet of like, well, we could do some Sondheim stuff. Or we could... Do, I, became just like one of those bulletin boards from like a murder mystery with all the <laughs> strings that are all wrapped around each other. It's just this huge, huge project now of, of, of all of these different things we could use, which is, which is great. The, the, a couple of times, at least once, twice, you know, we had, we'd have ideas that maybe we have enough for half a show type thing. We have enough ideas for, for this that, that we could put together maybe eight or 10 of the, you know, usually 20 or 22 songs we throw in one of these things. How are we going to make that a show? Like, oh God, where are we going to get the rest of the ideas? And all of a sudden we realized that these 10 somehow mesh perfectly with whatever. And so, okay, now, now, now it's, now we have a full show. So, you know, I feel a little bit like that, that picture of Charlie Day in front of the, the bulletin board of, of strings and, and photos. But it is a huge, huge spreadsheet of ideas that we, we somehow, somehow do manage to, I mean, it's well organized because Catherine, but, but the ideas come from different places and, and, and sort of become shows, even if they're not strictly speaking listed that way on the thing. It's, uh, it's huge. It's, 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 and it gets bigger all the time as people come forward. And that, I think that should say a lot to you right? That that spreadsheet gets bigger and bigger, just shows the interest. And certainly organization and ideas and all of that bring the cabarets together, but certainly have to give you a a great deal of credit because I am amazed that you can play the piano, talk, sing. Like, I don't even think I remember you looking down at the piano to play and you're cracking jokes. Like I can, the whole being able to walk and chew gum, not my, not my thing. One task at a time. Well, it's it's really nice because I think that's the first time anyone's complimented uh, my emceeing in any really? of those shows. I you must be coming to the Saturday nights because the, oh. the Friday the Friday nights when I come up with all that stuff on the fly is usually a lot rougher. Oh. Um, I and I and I'm notorious notorious for 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 just going on far far too long. <laughs> Um, but no, it's, it's, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. It's really nice. I, 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 I like to sing, you know, I like being on stage. I, I like to, my, it started when I was a little kid. My, my first thing was piano and, and playing is, is my favorite. And I'm not, I mean, I'm in my, my mid thirties. I stopped taking proper lessons and, and playing piano for real air quotes when I was 16 years old. I am not as good now as I, I once was. And I know that, but I, I still, it's still my favorite place to be. If I can be behind that piano, I'm going to be in a happy spot. So I don't know. I, I don't. I'm glad to put these on for everybody else. I, I, it doesn't feel like it's that different for me, but I, I appreciate you saying that all the same. That's really nice. Thank you. It, it, it really is impressive because it's certainly, I, certainly not something that I could, could do. Never mind. Even singing in front of people, I guess that's part of what I marvel at is just all of the things happening at once and singing terrifies me. <laughs> so, you know, like definitely pat on the back. <laughs> It's funny that you say that, actually. Um, but the little behind-the-scenes story that I will... I, it's going to air, so I can't deny it. But I'll deny it later. There's a lot of prep that goes into each one of those elements. You know, I, I, I am notorious for jam, uh, yeah for, for going on too long in those those little... I try and give a bit of context to each of the songs on stage. I do go on too long, but I, I do think a little bit about what I want to say about each song in, in advance, and then I don't always stitch it together coherently, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, obviously, prepping the music and playing, that, that takes some time. and And so... A lot of effort goes into doing that. And invariably, I usually throw myself into these things to, to sing one number, sometimes two. 
my number is always the thing that gets dropped every time because of the time and the effort that goes into some of those stuff. The one thing I never prep properly is is my own song. Um, I can't count. I mean, maximum six because we did six shows, but I can't count because I don't remember the number of times that I found myself in the kitchen um, at the theater like 15 minutes before the show trying to memorize lyrics because I learned everyone else's stuff and I forgot to go and and learn my own. We usually open the shows with uh, a contextual song that explains what the theme is going to be, but we rewrite some famous song that would otherwise have fit the theme. So when we did shows that got made into movies, we used Cabaret because it was a Cabaret show and Cabaret was made into a movie. Um, And when we did Disney, it was Be Our Guest, but we, we... rewrite them so it's not the original lyrics and the number of times i haven't actually learned the contextualized lyrics to those songs more than half an hour in advance uh easily the most terrifying part of any one of these because you're quite right there's a fair amount of prep that goes into a lot of these things and the thing that never never seems to be done correctly is is me spending the time on myself actually learning my music properly yes it's 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 a, it's a task i can see that though because it does sound like they're a bit of a whirlwind like you guys kind of scoot on into an, a venue you have very minimal time i think it was was it an hour per song per person usually if, like if some if, if a person requests more time we, oh, we okay. give it happily we give it to them happily yeah. um but but yeah usually it's an hour per person per song we do the whole process in about three or four weeks in advance of the, the, the show date. Um, we get a dress rehearsal usually the week of the shows. The most complicated show we ever did, we got two dress rehearsals. But that was... Did we get two dress rehearsals or did we just show up early the night of the show? Um, anyway, yeah. No, it's 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 in and out. And, and I think that's another reason we've had a good response from the performers in particular. People yeah. really low commitments like this with the chance to perform. That's irregular. I mean, and so it's a commitment for Catherine and I to put it together, but I mean, it's fun for us. We get to see everybody and work everything through. But for our performers, you know, thankfully, they they seem to put in a lot of work before they even come and see to us because we don't have to. I've never in ever had to teach someone a song from scratch. People come in and they're two thirds or three quarters of the way there without me. And we can just put the finishing touches on stuff and call it a day. Uh, you can do that in an hour, thankfully. And then they go home and practice a little more and they, they, they show up, they have ready to go. But yeah, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of, unless you're going to karaoke nights, there's not a whole lot of, you know, this really low commitment stuff where you can get up, sing something, have it be impactful and meaningful and, and, and not have to put in, you know, weeks worth of work. We've had some incredible solos that I will take no credit for because the person just came ready to go. So no, it's, 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 yeah, an hour per song per person, most, uh, at least in front of me, I, I'm sure everyone's doing work on their own because everyone is too good to, to, for me to think they're only putting in 60 minutes, but it, it gives people a chance to perform without needing to do the three hours, three times a week type thing, which sometimes is great. When you're putting a big one together, yeah. you gotta do it. There's benefits um, to both for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely right. And I love doing both. So I'm not here to knock either one, but, but sometimes wherever you are, whatever you're doing at that time, that's what you need. And so we can, we can offer people that and we, we like doing it. It's another level of flexibility that bodes well for that type of performance. It definitely didn't come off to me that it was a low amount of practice time, especially the comedy and the timing. The people that are in these shows are not only talented singers, but they definitely have comedic timing and they work well together. So I I had assumed that there was a lot of rehearsal time, much like a big show at the Imperial would be like. So I was very surprised to hear the low commitment. And I don't know how, I don't know exactly how we fell into the pattern, except that that's how we did the first one. Um, and so it's just sort of how we stuck it out. So the very first one we ever did, which was more of a proof of concept, and I, like, will this work? Are people interested? Do people even want to perform? I predominantly called up friends and 
and and just people who I thought would would, would do me a favor. Um, you know, we had just finished uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame at uh, the Imperial, and so I, I called up a bunch of the former castmates who I thought liked me well enough to put in a couple of hours on something for me that we we just finished a show and we're we're still writing the show. Hi and hey, do you all like me enough to come out and, and do this thing? You know, we we assigned them all a number, and and I had I'd had surgery. I'd had surgery, uh, no big deal, but there was a recovery period. I'd had surgery at the beginning of the month, and the show was at the end of January. And because I'd had surgery and I wasn't allowed to work, doctor's orders, I was briefly off work. And that gave me the time I needed to actually assemble the materials to put the show together, which is how we put a show together in four weeks, because I wasn't working. And then somehow that just became how we did it. So you weren't you, working, but you were working. Right. I was I was working a few hours a day at least on on. <laughs> getting the materials together and, and getting people in to sing and rehearse. And anyways, it, it worked. You can learn something really well, really quickly in a really short amount of time if you don't need to keep it forever. You know, if I asked half the cast members to come and perform those numbers with no rehearsal now, I'm, I'm not sure someone would remember something they sang really well at the beginning of 2018. But you can do it for a month, no problem. It, it seems to be working. We would, we would keep doing them that way if we could be doing shows right now yeah i i was also heartbroken to hear that the venue that you guys were using closed down are there any leads with a new venue or is it still kind of wait and see leads isn't a strong word that's an interesting uh, uh question um we have <laughs> we have ideas of places we'd like to use there are other places in town that, that such a thing could be done we haven't actually uh, approached any of them yet we probably we probably should do that. We would really love to put one of these things on this summer sometime. And so just getting a, a space somewhere over the summer is something we should we should start thinking about. There are a couple of places in town that I think I think would do it the same way, you know, rel- roughly the same way we, we, we did it at Theater 42. I don't think we'll get quite the same arrangement and, and deal we had with the Theater 42 folks. And predominantly, I think the thing that will have to change is, is the day of the week. I don't think we can organize a Friday, Saturday with, with some of these other venues in town. Mm. But there are other places, I think, that at least at least would, would entertain it for us. So I'm hopeful we can find a spot. Me too. I'm very hopeful for you guys as well. Um, and with the, the summer series, those were like a little beacon of light uh, in a very dark time. It was so nice to have a little something to get you out of the house. Is there talk of maybe doing one of those again or is it another wait and see kind of situation i mean no one's no one's approached me to do it um <laughs> but that doesn't mean we didn't we didn't even start planning those until till i think april of last year so oh, i, I uh, who, who knows maybe, maybe maybe we would i i don't know i can't take very much credit for those either I, I think for every hour i put in jackie put in 12 she did so much organizing got all the costumes you know figured out what she wanted stage and, and sort of the backdrops to look like just did a huge huge amount of work to make those those come together all of the choreography and blocking everything on stage i just showed up and taught everyone the music and then i left and, and then jackie had to stay and, and make it a show but again something we like doing anytime i can coach someone into doing something that they not uh, that they want to do or that they maybe not wouldn't have thought to do themselves again we had a few combinations on that show where we had one in particular that the reaction was really strong where we said hey we really want you to perform this and they said are you are you kidding why would what no and then they came around and it was one of the best performances we had the whole series as we sort of expected it to be anything we can get people on stage if that series comes back whether i'm involved or not i i think i think you're right i think it was something that people needed this summer just a chance to to see some live anything um, yeah not just theater people i'm sure were so relieved to see something put together and i i can confirm that because my next door neighbor is not a theater person but he showed up to um i don't remember the order we did them in now the second or the third one we did was a jukebox musical based one but when you do a 
variety of songs from jukebox musicals. It's basically a rock and roll show. <laughs> and so, you know, it was all popular music. And my next door neighbor caught wind that that was happening, loves going to a live rock show and showed up downtown to watch what was effectively a bunch of music theater performers doing rock and roll. And it, it was great. I mean, it was a really great show and he enjoyed it. And so that to me means that it's not just the theater crowd that's enjoying these things. It was just people that wanted to see some live music. I bet you that creates even more new interest in the theater too, right? Maybe that person or other people, their minds are open now to the theater and, and they might be a little more open to going to see any kind of a show that they might not have before. I will agree because there are people definitely who made the comment that they said, man, this was really great. Does this kind of thing happen here all the time? Yes, come back and see <laughs> shows at the theater. But not only that, not only that, actually the rock and roll show in particular, we had new performers come up for that summer series that had never been involved with Theater Sarnia before. They had to buy their memberships for the first time because they'd never been part of this particular community, really? but who wanted the chance to, in the case of, of the rock and roll in particular, we had a rocker who came out who had never been involved in our local theater as far as I won't even say as far as I'm aware, I'm sure I'm right, who had never been involved in our theater community, who came out, uh, I guess had a good time, absolutely rocked house when he sang on stage when he got to do it live and then came out and auditioned for the spring musical and got a major role and who oh, wow. he is because but one of our one of the leads in the upcoming spring show something rotten uh, at Theater Sarnia playing May this is where I should plug it and give the dates, but I have no idea what they are. Uh, May something or other. He hadn't done a Theater Sarnia show before. Came out and did rock and roll with us. Absolutely nailed it. We loved him. Really nice guy. And came out and auditioned for a more traditional musical and, and got that part too. He's going to be brilliant. So not just audience members and kind of widening the fan base, although anytime we can do that is, is great. We found new talent. We had people who came out for those shows just to be something different or because we were the only game in town, you know, a rock and roller who's used to doing a rock rock show every once in a while, but all the venues are closed. Hey, we're doing, it wasn't going to be outdoor shows. It was going to be uh, recordings. We're doing video recordings, come out and, and sing. And we changed it to outdoor shows when we kind of figured out that was an option and, and, and video maybe wasn't. But people who would have performed in some other manner suddenly coming out and working with the theater. He's a good example because he came back out again for the spring show, Absolutely. but he wasn't the only one. We had several. So helping the theater from multiple directions, new performers and, and new audience members. I, I'm, I'm hoping we see all of them back. Just goes to show you theater is for anybody. Anybody I, can absolutely. find something to do there. That's so exciting though. You know, and it, with the pandemic, it is so difficult to find positives sometimes. But when you look at something like this and you see all of the avenues that the theater community has been strengthened or expanded, that's a huge positive in my mind. Well, you know, people are so good at making lemonade out of lemons. And that's definitely an example. Well, and not to be too much of a downer, but our theater community has suffered its, you know, fair share of tragedy over the course of the last Absolutely. two years. And so, you know, we talk about all these new people. Let's talk about the established people too. The community has really banded together to support each other from what I've seen for the last basically two full years. So yeah, I, I absolutely agree. It's been a rough couple of years, but, but, you know, if we can appreciate what good has come, then, then we're in, we're in a better place. Absolutely. It's important to, to see the sunshine behind those dark rain clouds. <laughs> so let's, let's switch gears a little bit. If you could be in a musical and play a certain character, what would your dream musical or character be? Or would it be that being the music, what is it? Music choreographer? Music, music director. Music director, pardon me. Yeah. If you could be the music director of a, of a musical, 
of your dreams, what would that be? Uh, it's, it's, it's a good question. I'm going to answer the first one. Uh, I'm going to try and think of a part that I'd like to do because the, the music direction question is, is harder and we can, we can come back to why if, if, if that matters. Sure. So all of the parts that I really want to do are Christmas shows. Don't know how that happened, but that seems to be seems to be where we're at and and i seem to have eclectic taste because every time i say hey we should really do a production of people go what show is that <laughs> so there's a show that i've wanted to do since i was like 18 called she loves me which is based on it's based on the book the shop around the corner uh, and the easiest way to explain what the shop around the corner is is by saying it's the same book that you've got mail was based on so there is a musical version if you're interested of you've got mail effectively it doesn't actually involve email um, it involves letters, but the the Tom Hanks character in, in She Loves Me is a great tenor role that I've always wanted to do that I can never do because no one ever does productions of She Loves Me. I mean, there there are a few more out there. I'd, I'd really love to do, a, I just got to do Snow in the Christmas show, but I'd really love to do a, a production of White Christmas proper. I, I think my anxiety would prevent me from ever actually doing it, but uh, being Buddy in Elf the Musical would be uh, a, a role that I would love to do. The reason I say I, I, my anxiety, I don't think I can ever, those marathon roles where you're literally, like Buddy is in every scene of Elf the Musical and those marathon roles where you don't leave the stage, I, I don't think that's for me. I've never had to do that. I don't think I want to try. It'd be ridiculous ridiculously fun thing to do it's, i don't know it's good to know it's good to know that about yourself yeah and not you yeah, know you audition get the role and then find that out about yourself not not something you want to find out in a tech week no I, I, yeah <laughs> that'd be pretty rough for everyone involved so yeah tell me tell me about this uh like the musical director side of things so there are shows out there that I would have fun music directing, don't get me wrong. I have reached an arrangement with, with Frank Brennan that we actually came to doing Wizard of Oz that I am going to try to take him up on uh, every time I get asked to, to participate in a Theater Sarnia show for the rest of forever. The part that I like doing in the music direction is teaching the music and the harmonies and doing the coaching and getting people's voices in line with, with where we need. I get a lot out of that, teaching people... Well, I'm mostly teaching them to sing, but helping people sing and finding the voice they need to, to do a role really well. I think that's why I like doing the cabarets so much, because I can help them find that sound they need to be so successful in the, the, the one song or whatever they're doing. I like the teaching like way more than the other parts of being a music director. Uh, and so when you put the band in front of me and actually hand me the baton and say, okay, now just conduct us through, that is not as meaningful for me. In fact, that's super stressful for me. That's the part of this I don't like. In fact, if you want to be really honest... Given that a musical can't really go on if the conductor isn't there, it's not that different from having one of those lead roles where you're on stage the whole time. Because as a music director, you don't get a break. If you're not conducting a song, you're conducting the underscoring. I mean, there's, there's, the music doesn't really stop in a musical, right? It just the singers stop singing, but the performers, the, but the, the band doesn't really stop. I, I didn't quite realize how bad that was going to impact me until we, we did Legally Blonde, and I was the music director, and. I had a great time teaching everything, and then we got to you know Tech Week, and I'm going, why am I still here doing this? <laughs> we did Wizard of Oz the same season, and Frank and I cut a deal. Frank let me teach it, and then, then Frank, who has been a band director forever, please come in and do the band, and I'll play keys, and we'll all be happy, and everything will be fine. And and I don't I don't know. I, I hope Frank was okay with that, because that's what I want to do every time. Teaching that music and then being able to hand it off to an experienced expert band guy to say, hey, conduct us through this. I think we had a better show than it would have been if I'd had to conduct the thing. That's that's what I would want to do forever. So music direction with the baton in my hand, that's a no-go if I can avoid it. But anytime that I can cut this deal where I take the first two or three months and teach everything and, and, and get everything up, up to speed and then pass it off to Frank or... Anyone that wants to do this with me, that's great to me. That's a happy place. Then I get to do the part that I love, and I can still participate, be in the pit, do whatever you need, but without the added stress and anxiety of, 
oh god what if my my conducting is off today and the band from legally blonde will tell you that my choral conducting training and experience did not translate to a pit <laughs> band the way i hoped it would i don't think i was the worst thing ever but it, it i wasn't frank it could have been better from what i from what i can tell uh you're a very modest man but you reminded me i usually like to say at the beginning of the episode how we know each other and then when you said wizard of oz i was like oh yeah that's kind of an integral part of this <laughs> so how we know each other is from wizard of oz and i was one of the two roles that didn't sing i think it was you and, two. and the wizard because the yeah. wizard doesn't get a song yes and i am so grateful that you weren't like listen you're gonna sing in some capacity, I sometimes would come up and very quietly sing along with everyone when they were doing their warm-ups, just so I could be a part of the group. But I was also extremely grateful that I didn't have to. I have a music teacher whose opinion um, he managed to ingrain in me very well, which was that effectively anyone can sing. You're, you're lucky I never noticed you warming up or I would have insisted you do more. <laughs> I, oh dear. There's, there's, a, there's a very... People will say this all the time. Oh, I can't sing. I can't. I can't say. I can't hold a pitch. And that's it. No. I. I. There's a very rare hearing issue. I don't think disease is the right word, but called amusia, where you really can't distinguish pitch. And I think the statistics are something like one out of ten thousand, or one out of one, one out of one hundred thousand people really can't distinguish pitch and can't sing. But it is my general opinion that anyone can be taught to sing something you know everyone can do something so so dallas you're just lucky i didn't you're just lucky i didn't notice i i never like forcing people to do something well it's not true i, I make people sing stuff outside of the comfort zone all the time but I, I wouldn't ever want to force someone to absolutely do something they refuse to do but uh now that i know now that you're on the hook next time we work together i'm gonna gonna have you do something because because everyone can sing dallas everyone can sing well here's the thing i i can sing I, well okay i sing to my cats a lot and they don't complain, so I think I'm doing okay. My problem is confidence. Sure. And, and I was actually going to ask you, with you talking so much about the fact that you enjoy the teaching part of it, have you ever done tutoring for singing? Sing, blah, tutoring for singing? No. <laughs> um, I would be scared to. Um, I've been asked to do it before, and I, I always refuse. Oh. Um, and I, I couldn't articulate why until I asked a musician who's much better than me if he would give me lessons, and he said no. Uh, and he explained very well why I feel like I don't like doing it. I am not really properly trained on the pedagogy and sort of progress of how one is supposed to you know, manipulate their voice or grow their voice or, or become something more. Um, and I'm not very well you know, I'm not very adept at, you know, the good music teachers, when you start doing something wrong, when you're moving the muscle the wrong way or something's hitting something and causing damage, they can hear it. They can tell, no, you're pushing. That sounds wrong. I'm not super well. I can hear, I, I sometimes hear when someone's really overdoing it, but I'm not super well trained on how to identify that. I would not want to take on someone's voice and end up doing more damage than, than good. And so while I'm perfectly comfortable trying to help someone find the sound they need to accomplish, you know, for a cabaret, a song, or for a bigger show, a role. Mm -hmm. And while I think I do that, I think I actually did it pretty well, if I can brag for a split second. <laughs> we had a lot of success on, on Legally Blonde. We had a lot of success on Wizard of Oz, getting people to sound the way we needed them to be successful. I think I do that fairly well. I, I wouldn't want to take on someone's vocal health and sound long term. I just don't have the right degree of, 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 of background to know that I'm helping them along the right way. So spot checks and coaching, let's do it up. In fact, when I said to this gentleman, hey, would you give me lessons? And he said, no, 
but if you ever just need a touch up or you're doing one song, you try to come see me and we'll work on it. And I've, I've taken him up on that a couple of times. Um, in general, it's not something that I don't, I don't think I should be doing that full time. Not like as a full time job as, as a, someone's full time vocal teacher. I don't think that's, that's the right choice. Well, know thyself. I think that that, I mean, there's definitely no hubris in you. You know what you're good at and you know your limits. And I appreciate that. Even as you were saying that, being someone who, like I said, only sings to my cats or in the shower, I didn't think about, you know, the straining or the fact that you could injure yourself or harm yourself in the learning process. And I get to sit here and say that I was really fortunate that all of my music teachers as I was growing up, because for a a guy, it's particularly troublesome as your voice is changing Mm. your teenage years. From the time that I was about nine until... I stopped taking lessons when I was about 18. I always had teachers who were good at that, who did know that pedagogy and who could guide me through all of those issues. You know, I, I, I sang in choirs. I, 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 I did a little solo stuff on the side. I, I had a lot of exposure to different teachers who all happened to have that skill in spades. Um, and I'm very lucky. I can sit here and say that, you know, I, I didn't pick up nothing from them, but I, I just don't have the training that they did to be able to do it myself. But I, I, I can sit here and say I'm fortunate to have that. And, and maybe that's why I feel like I don't have it because I don't, I don't have it to the degree that all of my music teachers did and how good they all were at it but I, I i would just be so hesitant to take on someone's voice and say that i i can find something else i don't i don't want to end up having people in a worse spot than they were when they came to me so that's just not something that i would like again something something i just couldn't see myself doing no no and i like i say that's know thyself that's so so very important so I can't even believe it when we're coming up on that one hour point already. These interviews go by so flippin' fast. But the, the floor is yours. we got about 10 minutes left. If there's anything that you want to... You don't have to talk for the whole 10 minutes. <laughs> you just the look of terror on your face. Well, I'll just I would like a 10-minute prepared remark now. here. Let's... <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> just if, uh, gives us a chance to back and forth a little bit if need be. But like, is there anything that you you want to chat about or bring awareness to, or it doesn't even have to be theater related necessarily? Oh wow! No pressure. No, <laughs> I, I bring awareness to. No, I, I I can't think of anything. I, I support your local arts organizations, everybody. Although I suspect everyone listening to this podcast is is you know participating in that in the first place no i'm i'm just grateful to get the chance to talk about stuff it's been interesting being part of this community because most of the people in town they're music theater people the people who are interested in music theater and are joining the theater because they're interested in musical theater i mean i can go around in that circle forever you're doing theater because you're interested in theater because you're doing theater my background is really different um and so just getting a chance to talk about some of this stuff is is fun so thanks for having me i don't really have the draw attention to anything i just you know coming from a, a more classical music background choral background this was the artistic outlet we had in town i didn't do a lot of theater before i moved to sarnia uh, okay so how would you so you say your background is is very different so classical music background so you wouldn't did you not imagine that you would ever be involved in theater stuff you know what i always wanted to do theater stuff huh. um and the scheduling and the timing just never seemed to, to to work out for me when i was in elementary i went to a there's a an elementary school in London that that is music focused, where you you learn you learn a little bit to sing and a little bit um, how to play a you have to learn to play a string instrument. So I you can actually see my violin behind me. There it is. I still have it. I'm, I can't play it to save my life anymore, but but I have it. It's but it's not a solo and orchestra school. It's a choir and orchestra school. So so most of my music background came out of choral experience. So I was singing you know, Bach and Beethoven and Mozart and and a little later on some more modern stuff than that. But at that school you do there's a different 
there are there's a Catholic and a public elementary school in London that, that are both kind of geared the same way. And the public school, if you're in the public school, you have to do a, a theatrical show every year. The Catholic school, you only do two over the, the four years you go to the school. Huh. Um, and I always had fun doing them. You know, I, I, I had fun doing my two shows when I was, I don't know, 10 and 13 or whatever. But as soon as I started high school, I, I never seemed to have the time. Uh, my other stuff kept me busy enough. The, the choir stuff that I was doing was very frequent concerts that kept me busy. And I, I just never seemed to be able to find the time to do shows when I was... 19 i took up a retail job and getting regular nights off to to get a uh a rehearsal in just never existed i i did a show so i did a show when i was 10 i did a show when i was 13 and then I, the next show i did i was 22 or 23 oh, wow. and i was still working retail so that was a one-off they gave me an exception so that i could go and yeah we'll deal with the shifts being an issue for three months so you can go and do this thing and then the next show i did was mary poppins when i moved here in 2016 and i was 28 or whatever you no know, i i all my background was classical music there was a point in my life when i was in uh, a chamber choir and a, a larger ensemble choir and a different men's choir, a church choir. Like there were, I would be doing choir rehearsals four nights a week. And I had some cool experiences. I did a lot of really cool stuff with all those organizations. I don't regret that all of my time was spent doing choral music, but theater was new to me when I moved to Sarnia. It's a different, if it's a different background, one of the things we do in choirs, you don't, when you're learning a new number, you don't just power through it. As a group, you have to be able to do stuff together. So they, they hand out sheet music and you start looking at stuff and the conductor and the pianist will help you walk through this is how this verse of this goes. This is how this, these two verses go. And once you kind of get them as a group, you put that one down, you move on to the next one. You keep learning rap kind of one little bit at a time. And uh, I didn't realize that was weird until I came here and started teaching everyone Legally Blonde. And, and you know, we start going through a number. And when I see everyone's eyes sort of glaze over, like, we're done with this. One. Okay, we learned two verses. That's pretty good. Let's put it down and move to the next one. And it wasn't until someone pointed that out to me that, like, what, we, we're three rehearsals in. So I was like, what are you doing? Like, we start a song at the beginning, we go through to the end, and we move on to the next one. But instead of that, you know, you, you learn the two verses. The next time you come back to it, you have a little bit of confidence because you already know part of it already. And maybe you can move on to the next part and get a little more. And that's how we learn music in choral tradition. So I had no idea that was a weird thing to do with a group of people trying to sing together because that's what we do in choirs. And so it's it's a little bit different than the choral world and the theater world are not, not the same thing. So I always I always wanted to do it, but, but I, I just got a different experience coming up through through classical and so yeah being able to talk about how we're using that here to give people the chance to perform is, is it was fun thanks no thank you yeah now i wish we had like two more hours to talk but <laughs> uh but yeah no thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time with me this means a lot thank you for inviting me dallas uh, yeah thank you have a good evening you too take care okay kids that's all for today tune in next week as i get to chat with the lovely carissa teske see you then